Welcome to the Donuts and Dumbbells podcast. I'm Brooke. And I'm Nick. And we're so excited that you're here. On this podcast, we talk about all things fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle change. You know, all the healthy shit. So go ahead and grab yourself a cup of hot or iced coffee. Or a protein shake and sit back, relax, or go on a walk. And we'll talk to you soon. Let's roll. What is What's up? happening? Oh, man, it's been a while. It's been a while since we went at the same time there. Uh, tried to beat you. I tried. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I know. I, I don't know what happened there. It's all good. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> we're here on the Donuts and Dumbbells podcast. We out here. Woo, woo. We out here. So, um, <laughs> this is a great start to the podcast. It's a great start. I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode and we'll talk to you next <laughs> oh my god yeah we should start over <laughs> well, nick how are you doing today what's going on uh, you know it's 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 been not great i just posted this on my story too but i'll, I'll share it on the podcast here too uh, i found out the other day that i have a femoral hernia which means that i can't lift for a while um i'm gonna have to have surgery i'm gonna have to drop out of the meet that i was supposed to participate in in four weeks and uh yeah needless to say i'm a little bummed i'm trying to handle it as best as i can but um trying to stay optimistic but that is that's my news for the week that is this a bitch got a hernia that is fucking awful i'm sorry that's really tough to deal with you know and you know we were gonna talk about today we were actually going to talk about boundaries and expectations and things that, you know, uh, we talked about it briefly beforehand. But, you know, what I think is going to be an even better idea is to talk about what to do when there are circumstances out of your control that prevent you from reaching your goals. Oh, throwing a little curveball here. I love it. But that's a great topic because that's exactly <laughs> literally exactly what I'm going through right now, because obviously my goal was to compete in four weeks and it sucks because I've been having the best prep of my life my technique has been like so dialed in all of my lifts have been increasing and that's never happened for me before in a meat prep it's always been like there's one lift that's just like lagging behind like I always forget how to deadlift like four weeks before a meet um this has not been my experience so far and now I'm like I was literally just saying to my coach the other day I was like I feel like I'm unstoppable right now I I I said this and I jinxed myself. I was like, I think the only thing that could stop me is like some kind of serious injury. And I don't foresee that happening. Fuck. And I, I said it, I said it, but it's here. So yeah. But like now I'm going to have to switch things up. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to take some time off of the gym. Um, I was thinking to myself, Oh, like maybe I could do machines or something, but um, I have an appointment with a surgeon in a couple of weeks and I want to like wait until I have that appointment for them to like, look at what's going on there and give me more recommendations as to what I can do. Because if, if God forbid, like I make it worse, it becomes an instant medical emergency and I need to go to the emergency room, like right then and there and be operated on. So obviously I don't want to play any games with that. Even if, you know, even if it's like slightly low risk, I don't want to take any chances. So for right now, like 
I'm going to focus on my health first and foremost. My, my plan is to focus on my nutrition, right? Like getting lots of protein in, focusing on um, eating more vegetables, drinking more water, taking more walks. Um, I'm, that's really what I'm going to focus on for right now. And then once I've recovered, then I can kind of go back into powerlifting and stuff. But um, it's definitely been kind of a, a mental switch and I'm not going to lie. I'm still kind of in denial a little bit, but, <laughs> um, yeah, that, I guess that's my plan for now. So, yeah, you know, and I, you know, work with a lot of clients who this will happen to where, mm-hmm. you know, something will come up to where they can't, they, they can't get their workouts in or yeah. there are, some restrictions that people may have, you know, like I have one client and she's absolutely crushing it. She's an, she's an amazing, amazing person to work with. Very coachable, very open, open open-minded. And, you know, she is having to have, um, another surgery on her wrist and it's been really, you know, um, I don't want to put words in her mouth, but it's, it's been pretty, what I would assume defeating where she's hitting new PRs. She has a good relationship with food. She's doing all the work that she needs to do. And now she's being told like no weight bearing in this wrist. And that is really difficult because, you know, she's made really incredible progress while we've been working together. And I know that it's something that she's, you know, really stressed out about. And sometimes these things happen. Like it's, these things happen and learning how to be resilient and come out on the other side is going to be super, super important. Absolutely. I I mean, I've definitely had experiences with clients in the past too. Like I had a client who was having knee surgery. Uh, He was making great, great progress in the gym and he needed to have his knees operated on because he like fell down the stairs while, while at one of those like stadium concerts. Oh, man. Uh, he like fell down like four or five stairs. It wasn't like crazy, but it was enough to um, damage his knee so that he needed surgery. And he was out for like four weeks and was really bummed about it. And then you know, he came back in and we did like upper body only for a while. And then we started progressing to like, okay, we'll do a step down from one plate on the floor. So like a two inch step down. So just to get some movement into the knee to like try and repair things and build some strength back up. And it's frustrating, but after enough time, he was able to like do a full squat again and do heavy squats again after a longer period of time. So it's a patience game. It sucks in the moment and it's, it's definitely challenging to deal with from the mental side, but knowing that, If you do your due diligence in recovery, things will get better and you will get back to a point where you were. Yeah. And I think it's a really good time to plug in there. Like if you do have to have something like a surgery or, you know, you're recovering from an injury, like don't fuck around with that stuff. Don't fuck around. Like seriously, do not fuck around. Don't think, oh, well, I'm going to push my limits a little bit. That is not the time to push limits because, you know, I did that when I, you know, had a back injury and I decided let's push the limits a little bit. And then sure enough, I threw my back out and, you know, I did it with my wrist injury. I have a partially fused right wrist and I was still trying to bench press and throw up weight when I was recovering from that. And that made things a lot worse. So like, if you are unfortunately stuck in a situation where you are told by a doctor, Hey, you know what? 
do not exercise and these are the reasons why don't just listen to your fucking doctor yeah and i'll tell you that was my first instinct too i was like you know what the meet's in four weeks i can handle this for four weeks and i'm just gonna go compete and then i'll be fine after and then i was like wait a minute <laughs> that's a fucking terrible idea let's not do that um but you know trust trust yourself on that and i mean not trust yourself trust your doctor on that because they are the medical professional and they know what's going, they know the consequences of if you don't listen to their orders. And for me, the consequences would be very severe if I were to go and do that and something happened, especially while I was traveling in another part of the country, like that fucking suck. Oh yeah. And I know that like for a lot of people, they really, you know, it's it's really hard when you are determined to reach your goal. Things are like you, like things were going really well. You were feeling unstoppable. And then it's like you had that truth bomb dropped on you. But then it's like, it is the first instinct to be like, no, I'm going to push my limits. But like, that's just not a time to push limits, you know? And same thing with like, if you're a client and like you're struggling with something like, you know, a partner's in the hospital or, you know, something happened with your child, like life fucking happens. And that's something that like, I don't think a lot of people really grasp when they're on their fitness journey. They don't think about roadblocks. They only think about reaching the goal and learning how to deal with the obstacles and learning how to dial things up or dial things back down. That's super important. Like, I love what you're going to do where you're like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to focus on nutrition. I'm going to make sure that I'm getting my vegetables in. I'm going to focus on my health mm. for always other things to focus on. Absolutely. I'm also going to focus on my ankle mobility because that's like, there's no risk in that either. And that could definitely use some improvement. So like, why not do that? But I like what you just said about, um, about roadblocks and stuff, because they will come up. And I think it's important to distinguish that it's a case by case basis sometimes, right? Like if you're having problems where like something's going on with your kid and you really can't make it into the gym, like, yeah, that's legitimate. Like you can't make it to the gym. Your kid's sick. You got to stay home and deal with them um, and take care of them and stuff. But there's other times where I think people will use that as an excuse um, of like, oh, my kid coughed once. I can't go. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I just think that it's so important for people to understand that like life fucking happens. And, mm -hmm. you know, one of the most important things of people that are successful with their fitness journey that when they make it a true lifestyle is learning how to roll with the punches, learning how to pivot when you need to fucking pivot. And, you know, when you go into it with this all or nothing mentality of like, I need to achieve all of my goals. And if anything happens to get in the way of that, it's just, fuck it. I'm going to be a failure. Like that's just not the way to deal with things. Yeah, for sure. And giving up at that sign of a roadblock is not the way to deal with things at all. Um, it's, it's being able to pivot. It's being able to say, all right, well, I, you know, maybe I had to stay home with my sick child, but you know, I'm going to do some pushups yeah. and, and at least that's something, at least you're able to get something in and do something. Um, it's not just, okay, a roadblock happened. I'm going to give up for the next six months. That doesn't make any sense. That makes, that makes things worse and it makes it even harder when you try to go back into it. So it's not, it's not a roadblock happens and you just stand there at the roadblock waiting for the obstacle to get, to get out of the way. You find a way to move around that roadblock by doing something else. Exactly. And, 
you know, I spent my fair share of my journey, like with a victim mentality, when I very first began with that victim mentality of, oh my gosh, this would happen to me. Now I'm going to lose all of my progress because this came up when in reality, I was focusing on what I couldn't do. In those moments, focus on what you can do. Mm. If you're unable to, you know, like if you're, if for any reason you're unable to lift, work on stretching, work on your mobility, work on getting your steps in, work on creating healthy habit, like healthier habits around nutrition, focus in on getting more vegetables, more water, more fiber, you know, whatever you need to, to keep moving forward. And I think a lot of people, especially people that are, you know, fat loss clients, as soon as something comes up and they can't work out, it's that immediate, um, oh shit mentality where it's like, okay, now that I can't do this, everything else is going to fall out of place, which isn't true. Control the controllables. You know, if you can control your nutrition, control your nutrition. If you, you know, focus on things that you can do rather than what you can't, if you can only get in a 10 minute walk on any given day and you have to miss your workout, doing a 10 minute walk is better than not doing anything. Yeah. Don't let, don't let, whatever the roadblock is, stop you from doing all the other things that you've been doing. So like, let's use the example of can't go to the gym, kids sick. Great. That doesn't mean go order three slices of cheesecake. Still keep up with your nutrition habits during that. And I think people definitely fall into that mentality of, well, one thing's wrong. So I'm going to let everything fall off. And not give a shit about anything because I can't do this one thing. And that is the perfectionist mentality that you and I talk so much about on this podcast of if you can't do things 100% right, then why bother doing them at all? Like, that doesn't make sense. If you can do things 80% right, that's a B average. Yeah, absolutely. And like, use this time to be resourceful. If you're unable to lift, like be resourceful. Maybe that means you're going to go online and look up, you know, high protein recipes that you can do, like figure out how to do shit. If you feel like things are going wrong, like, or in, in the, in they're moving in a direction that you don't want to go focus on what you can control. You know, I get a lot of people where, you know, let's say food is out of their control. They travel a lot for work, you know, like, and they use some people, We'll use that as an excuse to eat whatever the fuck they want because, oh, well, I'm out of my routine. Like, no, figure out what options you have available to make the most nutritious decision possible. Yeah, definitely. Eat some vegetables while you're traveling. Like, I think that is such a common thing is people when they're traveling either for work or for vacation, you know, they're just going to eat all the delicious food, which I respect that to some degree. And I like to I like to use what I call um, I don't remember where I learned this from. It was definitely from someone else. Uh, so I cannot give a shout out to whoever it came from, but it is called the Dorito rule. Um, so if you're traveling, let's say you're traveling to uh, Mexico and you want to have delicious Mexican food. Go for it. But you don't need to come back to the hotel after and have the Doritos because you can have that anywhere. Choose the things that are native to the experience and don't just say, well, fuck it, I'm on vacation. So I'm also going to eat all of these snacks that are around that I can have anywhere. Really be be native to the experience and don't worry about all that other shit. Just enjoy your time there um, and make healthy decisions otherwise. Yeah, you like, and it's important 
to take ownership of the fact that you are the one making that decision. A lot of times, sometimes people will make it seem like they didn't have a choice. And you always have a choice. You always have a choice. You are always in control of something. And there there are definitely circumstances that are out of your control, right? Like, okay, you're at, you're going home for the holidays. Your parents are making this for dinner. You can only choose so many of these options. Make good choices out of what options you have. It doesn't mean that you have to have five pieces of dessert. Um, you can have some of the vegetables that they've made and you can choose how much to put on your plate. Uh, there's always there's always a good decision that you can make, even if this even if the options aren't completely in your control, you can control some of that. Exactly. And I think that when people start to live in that like perfectionistic mentality, they're also choosing a victim mentality mm. because honestly, like this might sound a little bit harsh, but realistically, if you are having that mentality of like, I need to be perfect or perfectionism is setting in, you're, that, you're using that as an excuse to not be accountable to what your goals are. And that's not going to help you in the long run, because how the fuck are you supposed to make this a lifestyle when you're constantly self-sabotaging? Yeah, I, I'm of the strong opinion that perfectionism isn't real. To say that oh, I'm a perfectionist, is giving your future self an out for when things get hard. Hell yes. Hell yes. You're you're almost like, you're giving yourself the excuse to fail just by making sure that you are using that all or nothing mentality. And- he it makes people feel better. It makes people feel better when they feel like it's out of their control. When in reality, like you have control. And you're identifying yourself as a perfectionist. And the more you identify with a certain mentality, um, the, the harder it is to escape that. And once you try to deconstruct the idea of, I identify as a perfectionist, you're able to shed that idea of perfectionism, allow yourself grace to have some non-perfect moments and then continue to get on track after your non-perfect moments and make so much more progress. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, another part of making sure that you are like taking care of yourself in times that are really challenging is making sure that you're setting boundaries with yourself, making sure that your expectations are in check. I mean, I think these are really important things. Like, I mean, Nick, you're going to have to see a surgeon. You're not going to be able to work out for a couple weeks, right? Like that's not an excuse to say, fuck it. I'm not going to do anything or great or catastrophe. How do you say that? Catastrophizing? Catastrophe? Blah, blah, blah. Catastrophe. I don't know. I don't know. Making a catastrophe of? <laughs> yeah, you're making a... I don't know what's wrong with I don't that. know what the correct word is there. I don't know how to say it. I can say <laughs> it. But, but I'm not going to sit on my couch eating bonbons, as as the cool kids say. You know uh, what? They don't, they don't say that. Bonbons aren't even good. <laughs> not even good. 
Neither are cream puffs. That's why I'm not going to sit on my couch eating them because they're not even that good. But I'm I'm going to control what I can. I'm going to control my nutrition because I can control that. And not only that, I'll be spending less time in the gym. So I'll be able to allocate that time differently, which is a challenge, right? So like the same situation, you're not able to go to the gym. Well, now you have an hour that you can allocate that time to something else. Yeah. Um, so, you know, use what you have. Don't become a victim of a circumstance. Take that circumstance and make the most of it. It took everything in me not to be like, take that circumstance and make it your bitch. Yeah. Take everything. that circumstance and shove it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and with that, like, I think it's important because a lot of times when we place that expectation of perfectionism on ourselves, we're also making it almost impossible for anybody else to meet those expectations. Right. So like, you know, there are so many times where I will have clients that they are trying to change their lifestyle and, you know, as, as bad as it sounds, like they'll be bitching about their, their husband, they'll be bitching about their partner, their wife, about how, you know, they're working so hard and they just want their partner to hop on to, and they're starting to criticize what their partner's eating and what their partner's doing. Mm. And this is something that, I mean, some people might get a little bit heated about, but like you are making a choice to be in a fat loss phase. You are making a decision to eat in a calorie deficit. Your partner or your spouse or your friends, they are not making that choice. Chances are they are not making that choice. And if you decide to make the choice to be in a fat loss phase, like you are only responsible for yourself. You can't expect other people to bend over backwards and eat in a calorie deficit with you or keep tempting foods out of the house because you can't be around them. You can't expect other people to change their lifestyle just because you are. And that's my right. <laughs> yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And I will admit that I have been this person when I was first starting to work out I was trying to get Danielle to do all this shit with me too and to her credit she like jumped on with me for a while and she was super into it like we both were in it together and then there was a point where she was like you know what I don't fucking want to do this anymore and I was still like pushing her to be super restrictive because that's the phase of my journey that I was in um, and she was like, you know, this is fucking stupid. I'm going to have McDonald's and I'd find like McDonald's wrappers in her car and get mad at her about it. Sorry, Danielle. <laughs> but my point, my point is you're making the choice. You as an individual is, are making the choice to change your lifestyle in whatever way that may be, whether that's fat loss phase, whether that's improved health, whatever it is. And you don't get to make that choice for other people. Now, obviously, you're going to want your spouse to support your decision, but that doesn't mean that they have to join your decision. And that's an important distinction. Yeah, because I hear that a lot with clients. Like, you cannot put the expectations that you have of yourself onto other people. Just not okay. Like, you know, and that's something that, like, I learned very, very quickly when I was in prep for a bodybuilding show, when I was still with my ex-fiance and, you know, I expected him to be eating the same way that I was. Oh God. And that didn't go over well. That's like, not, yeah, that I'm sure it did it because, uh, you know, he's not, he's not competing. No, <laughs> that's something that it's, it's really important for people to understand is like you, like 
there is power in knowing that you have a choice. Like you have a choice. So you need to think about that. Like you need to, this sounds bad, but like you need to earn the right to be in a calorie deficit. Like you really do. You really do. Because people will take it to extremes. And, you know, I think, I think to a certain degree, you need to do that. You need to take it to an extreme and be like, wow, well, that shit wasn't for me to learn that lesson. And that helps you earn the right to become in a calorie deficit. And you've never gone to an extreme. I am not recommending that you go to an extreme. Um, But sometimes you need to earn that right of like learning a good relationship with food before you're able to go into a calorie deficit. And sometimes that that comes the easy way is all in. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's something where like you need to have a healthier relationship with food. It comes with being able to manage your decision-making and your um, really, yeah, just being able to manage your decision-making based off of like logical choices. Like it's very easy to become emotional when you're in a calorie deficit. It's very, very easy to become emotional. And the second that you see an obstacle, it's very easy to be like, fuck this. I don't want to do it anymore. I'm going to fail. Like the way that you talk to yourself in a deficit is super important. And if you're, if you are that person, that's like the second that something goes wrong and you call yourself a perfectionist, like that's not earning the right to be in a deficit. Mm. Yeah. I, I kind of think like, you ever have that experience where uh, you're a coffee person, right, Brooke? Yeah, where you haven't had your coffee yet. And it's a little later than it usually is by the time you have your morning coffee. You start feeling a little cranky. Maybe you have a little headache because you haven't had your coffee and you're snapping at people. That's kind of what being in a calorie deficit is like, except it's always. And you almost have to learn to accept that as your reality for a little while. And I think it's it's too less extreme, right? Like it's not having that coffee is like, it's a minor inconvenience and it sucks for a little bit. And that's exactly what a deficit is. It's like this minor inconvenience that lasts for a while and you just kind of feel just a little bit cranky all the time. Um, I don't really know where I was going with this, but I felt like it was a good analogy. So I had to say it. <laughs> <laughs> No. And it's, it's very, very true. Like it's, it's very true where, you know, you cannot expect people to change just because you're trying to. And it's very difficult to come to come to terms with that because you, you know, a lot of people are like, well, if you want to support me, you're going to be able to help me through it. And it's like, that's, that's not what support is. What support is, is being able to be there for you when you're having a hard time. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe it, that means your partner, when they cook dinner for you, maybe a good way that they're going to support you is to cook something that you feel is nutritionally dense for you, you know, where it has protein and fiber and whatnot. Like having support is being able to lean on people when you feel like shit's getting really, really hard. Support isn't that person joining with you on your journey. Cause that's really selfish to ask of somebody, to be honest. That support, it can look so different across different cases right like sometimes that support is you know what yeah it's it's your partner being like 
wow, I see you doing this and you're doing so great. And I want to jump on and try it with you too. Sometimes that's a support, obviously not always. And expecting someone to do that is, is wrong. Um, but sometimes that could, that support can look like you said, like someone helping have better meals in the house. It can look like, you know, your partner looking at your progress pictures and being like, wow, I really noticed that you look different from this one to this one. Um, and it doesn't have to be this giant gesture to show their support, but knowing that they're there for you and that they, um, that they're aware of what you're doing. Now, I think there's also another end of the spectrum where the partner can be completely unsupportive and like, you know, eating chocolate directly in front of you and being like, mm, don't you wish you could have this? Like if that's your partner, you can tell them to go fuck themselves. You have my permission. Exactly. That or support can also look like your partner watching the kids for you while you go to the gym. Yeah, that's a great one. You know, like it's your partner, you know, while you're at the gym, maybe it's your, you know, let's say you don't have kids. Maybe it's your partner making a nice, healthy meal, or maybe it's, you know, your partner checking in just to see how you feel like, Hey, you know, like I noticed you're getting a little cranky, a little hangry. Is there anything that you need? You know, little things like that can go a long way. It can go a really long way. So make sure that the expectations that you're putting on other people are also realistic, not just the ones you're putting on yourself, but the expectations that you have for others need to be realistic. And, you know, one thing that I also like to tell clients is that when you set boundaries, those boundaries are for you, not the other person. When you set a boundary, you need to enforce it. You can't be mad at someone that crosses your boundary if you're not fucking enforcing it. So that is so well said, Brooke. Absolutely. And that's, well, it's something that I had to learn. Like I had to learn, like if I tell, like, for example, like if I tell my grandma, like, Hey, I'm not going to have a piece of cheesecake and she's sitting there and she's, you know, Oh, come on. You know, one piece won't hurt. One piece won't hurt. First of all, I will take from brulee over cheesecake any day. Really? Absolutely. Wr wrong, but okay. <laughs> no, not, not whatsoever. You, you give me that fucking caramelized sugar on top. Done deal. Mm. But like, if you're letting people and you're finally like, okay, fine. I'm just going to give in because this person crossed my boundary. Like don't be that mad. becomes your fault. Yeah. 100% that like, if, if someone offers you something that you, you know, don't want to eat because let's say it doesn't fit your calories, protein, or you just don't fucking want to like you setting the boundary saying, no, I don't want to do that. And you allowing that person to cross those boundaries and say, please, please, please. You, it's very easy to just be like, no, shut the fuck up. Okay, maybe not that harshly. It's not that easy. It is, it's, it is, it's difficult. It's difficult to enforce those boundaries. And I think that that's something that people need to learn more because to quote, to quote Dumbledore, the, the wisest wizard, okay. um, <laughs> standing up, standing up to your enemies is hard, but standing up to your friends is harder. And yeah, oh. I know. <laughs> <laughs> What's really funny is you said stand up to your enemies is even harder. And my Apple watch just says. <laughs> <laughs> my Apple watch is literally like stand up. <laughs> but it like if someone crosses your boundaries. It's it's shitty of them. It's shitty of a person to cross to cross your boundaries, but to blame them for crossing your boundaries and then give in because they cross your boundaries you have now once again become a victim of circumstance. 100%.
but you are in control of that decision. Even if grandma's pushing that creme brulee with the sugar on top that you love so much, you are still in control of still saying no to that. Even if she's dangling it right under your nose and you can smell all that good, you still have the power to say no. And that is so true. And that's your responsibility. It's your responsibility to say no. It's also your responsibility to set that boundary with grandma and enforce that boundary with grandma. But once that you give in and put the, unless grandma's literally force feeding you the creme brulee, (laughs) everything is your fault. If you, if you go ahead and go for it. By the way, my grandma actually did not do that. So just just to be clear, grandma, if you're listening, I'm sorry I had to use you as an example. <laughs> <laughs> but your creme brulee is awesome, grandma. <laughs> I mean, that's that's something that I think is really important for people. To, and and it, it is a hard truth. You know, if you're listening to this and you feel mildly attacked, like sit with that feeling for a second and ask why. Is this something that you do and that's making you a little uncomfortable to like own up to that shit? Like. I know that I've, I've, I've had to feel that before, you know, you, it's, that's we all a- have. And sometimes you give in yeah. and sometimes that's okay. Sometimes that creme brulee is really calling to you and you say, you know what? I'm going to allow myself to have a little creme brulee and I'm going to get right back on track after that. Exactly. Fucking awesome. Exactly. And so like being able to pivot when you need to pivot, you know, if you're unable to you know, get to the gym for any amount of reason, any amount of reason. That didn't make sense. I need more coffee. Any amount. Any amount of reason. I'm just going to go with it. If you're unable to get to the gym for, oh God, I'm literally, my, I'm literally having a brain fart right now. This is great. You if hear it. are unable to get to the gym for any reason, there we go. what can you do next? What is the next best decision that you can make? Is that going on a walk? Is that parking farther away at the grocery store to get, you know, a couple hundred extra steps in, like everything is like, you can manipulate anything to work out for your circumstance. Absolutely. You can, you can turn that negative experience into a positive one. I, I have to say this and I'm going to hate myself. You can turn that frown upside down. Oh no. <laughs> he went there. I went there. Um, (laughs) But, you know, don't let the circumstance become the thing that lets you fall off completely. Use that as an opportunity to pivot and do something else that you will feel like is a good decision. And you know what? When you go to sleep at night, you'll be like, yeah, you know what? I couldn't go to the gym, but at least I did those 10 push-ups, and I'm proud of that. And you'll go to bed with a good feeling. You'll wake up feeling renewed. You'll wake up feeling amazing because you made a good decision. Yeah. I mean, walk into that with that mindset of like, what did I do that I'm proud of versus I wasn't able to do this, so I'm a fucking failure. Like, And that, that again, is being a victim of your circumstance. You can either be a victim of your circumstance or you can find a way to crawl out of that fucking hole you're digging and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to acknowledge any progress that I make. That's what's important. It's an acknowledging the process, the process, the progress that you can make and not not beating yourself up because shit didn't go your way. Guess what? Like life isn't fucking fair. Things aren't always going to go your way. And I think that that's what's really important is, and I mean, it sounds harsh, but there are so many times I've worked with people who put their progress in somebody else's hands 
because they don't want to take accountability and ownership for their actions. And as a coach, you know, we, we deal with a lot of that, you know, we deal with a lot of that people. Well, Brooke, you know what? Like you're supposed to help me be accountable. I can't help you be accountable if you can't even be accountable to yourself. Right. We're, we're there as coaches to help you. We're not there to hold your hand 24 seven. We're there to help you learn how to make good decisions on your own, but we can't make those decisions for you. You're the one that has to make the decision. Yeah. And it would make our, like, and to be honest, like it would make our job so much easier to just give you all the fucking answers. Like it would be so much easier for us as coaches to just tell you what to do, tell you what to eat, tell you how to change your lifestyle. But a good coach isn't going to do that. A good coach is going to help guide you to the answer by using things like inner, like motivational interviewing. You're interviewing you as a client saying, huh, well, what do you think happened when you went out to dinner and you decided to order, let's say, you decided to order a Bloomin' Onion at the Outback Steakhouse? Mm. What do you think you could have done differently? I, I could very easily be like, uh, order a fucking salad in the beginning if you want something to eat beforehand or you know oh don't you know choose a salad instead of fries but like that's not teaching you anything and you also you know you know that yeah the client the client already knows and understands that you we don't we have the same answers as you do right like it's we're not giving you any ground shattering information here right like Oh my God, a salad's better than a blooming onion. What? <laughs> like you already know these answers. It's you making the decisions to, uh, to, uh, I'm trying to use the word answers again. It's you making, it's you making a good decision. Really, that's what it is. Is you, you know, the answers you have to make a decision that serves that answer. There yeah. we go. And, and you're in control. You're control. You're in control of the decisions that you decide to make. And, you know, if, if you've never worked with a coach, you might not know what to expect. But when you do work with a coach, I feel like oftentimes as a coach, some people want to put that accountability on us. Mm. And say, I could I like I just need you to tell me what to eat or I just need you to like it's almost like they would like validation for the decisions that they make. But as Nick said, like you already know the answer, like. And I'm going to be honest, you can't bullshit a bullshitter. Like I've been there. I've done that. I know what happens after that. You know, you try to, you know, put it on your coach. Well, if I was getting a little bit more guidance or if you were to tell me what to eat, then things wouldn't be as challenging. That's just not how it works. Mm. Not just how it works. And, you know, our, our guy, our, our job as coaches is to guide you in the right direction, not to tell you exactly where to go. Yeah. Our, our job is to help you not help you figure out what the right decision is, but to help you more consistently choose the right decision. Oh, I love the way that you said that. Love you. That you said that. I mean, and that's, and you know, to be honest, that, that starts with setting boundaries for yourself. It starts with expectations of yourself that you have, you know, and, and not just expectations, but realistic expectations. Mm. And you not know. just setting boundaries, but enforcing those boundaries. Yes. And so things are going to happen. Things are going to come up in life, like things getting in the way of your lifting schedule, things that, you know, having to deal with such situations where you might not necessarily feel comfortable enforcing a boundary, but you, you just, 
can't continue to be a victim of your circumstance. You know, you need to, you need to take off the training wheels at some point. If you want to ride the bike, you're going to have to take off the training wheels. And if you feel like you constantly need to be riding a bike with training wheels, then you need to look at what is realistic for you. You really have to look at the big picture on where you want to be and what actions does that person that you want to be, what actions does that person take in order to be successful? Yeah. If you, if you really want to change, you have to take action to change. You can't just say, Oh, you know, I'm going to change my body. I'm going to change my health and then not do anything to change that. You can't say I'm going to change, but I'm going to keep doing all the things that I've been doing and continue to make bad decisions, even though I know the right answer. You have to do it. You have to take a little bit of accountability on yourself and fucking do it. Exactly. I couldn't have said that better myself. I mean, really taking accountability for your actions, not being a victim of your circumstance, setting and enforcing boundaries. These are all not easy things to do, but they are crucial if you want to be successful. They are crucial. They are absolutely, they're essential. If you, if you don't do what we're telling you, if you don't make these decisions, you're just going to be stuck in that same position forever and ever and ever. And you're going to feel frustrated because you're going to be in a mindset of, making change but not taking action towards making change so you'll feel like you're doing things and you'll you'll feel like you should have made a change already but you haven't actually done the work to make the change and you know you already know this too if you're listening the only person that can do the work for you is you Mm -hmm. stop standing in your own way don't be a victim of your circumstance Find a way to make it work, whether it's your workouts, whether it's your nutrition, whether it's setting and and enforcing boundaries, you are the only person that has control of your life. So make sure that you are taking and doing the things that you need to do to make sure that you can become that best, healthiest version of yourself. Yeah. your Your coach can't come and slap the donut out of your hand. We just can't do that. As much as people say that that's what they want from their coach, we can't do that. We can't. A, a good trainer and a good coach will not be trying to do the work for you. We'll be trying to show you how you can do the work for yourself. Exactly. So Boom. thank you guys for listening. We appreciate you. Leave us, like, let us know how you're feeling in the DMs about this podcast. Because I, you know... I, I feel like we called out a little bit, a uh, little bit of stuff. Yeah. If you're feeling called out, I want to know. <laughs> I know. Not only do I want to know, I want to know how, not only how it made you feel, but what you're going to do to change that. Yeah. I want to yeah. know what boundaries you are going to set with yourself and with others and how you're going to enforce those boundaries. Let us know. Let Until us know. Next time. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you guys so much for listening and bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Donuts and Dumbbells podcast. 
We appreciate you taking time out of your very busy day to join us. And if you'd be so kind as to leave us a review, it helps us reach more people looking to improve their health and fitness. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon.